more time. Thank you for coming. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God of heaven. Let's continue to pray. Lots of needs, lots of folks that are sick in their body. Ensemble, wait for just a little bit. We're going to start kind of in a different way tonight, if we could. Brother Scotty, when you're ready, if you could shut that off, hopefully we'll see it stirred soon. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to take a moment Take a moment, and we're going to look at a YouTube video of a young adult, probably in his mid-30s, speaking to high school students from his own personal experience. It's a short, short presentation, but my wife came across it. She let me see it, and I'm telling you, I hope. Sometimes when folks that you know haven't been involved in something begins to show you the dangers, you just dismiss them. But this individual, hopefully the sound will work. Hopefully everything will work. But this individual has lived it. And I hope that some of you young people, some of you young adults, will listen to a real-life testimony, the real-life dangers of alcohol and drugs and hanging around with those as he calls them, not me, losers. If you want to accomplish something in your life, surround yourself with the right type of people. And that's godly people. Amen. You say, well, they're not as fun. Well, they are. They're very fun. You should be with me. Brother Lewis drives with me quite a bit. I don't see him right now. But, hey, he knows I've got a little sense of humor sometimes. And at times we're crying. And so being godly doesn't mean you can't have fun. All right. And so I hope you'll pay attention to this. Turn up the house speakers just a little bit. We'll take our time and get this back up. It's important. It's important. Hopefully back there they'll be able to figure out what happened.
Amen. I, I wanted to show this to you because we have people sitting on these chairs or watching on the live stream that involve themselves in drugs and alcohol and other types of things. Let's go ahead and kill it, please. Unplug it. Thank you. I've preached this for years. And some of you, you young adults, you young people, you don't pay any attention. You have friends. You have acquaintances. You have people that go to school that you went with that gets involved with these type of environments and lifestyles, and many of them are dead today. Tragically, we even know of someone that used to attend this church, used to be with the youth department. I'm going to tell you right now, people, from my heart, you young men, you young ladies, even you adults, you need to come out of this lifestyle before it kills you, destroys you, and takes everything you love away from you. It will. Mark my words, it will. My father died lost because of alcohol. It took his family from him. It took so many things from him. It's not worth it. If you haven't started, don't think it's cool. Get away from that crowd. I don't know what we'll do tonight. I've got this thing called prayer. But I'm telling you, this is where we're living. Because even in this church, there are people that are using drugs and alcohol or experience drugs and alcohol. And they think, oh, this is the way that life is supposed to be. It is not. Some of you adults have used it until God delivered you. You know what I'm talking about. But somehow we cannot reach them. Somehow they don't believe us. Somehow they think it's the way. It is not the way. There's thousands upon thousands of young people dying and overdosing every year. For what? To get a momentarily feel good that cost every dime they had. That's why sometimes your pastor seems to be a little hard when I see you in groups out there, but not trying to keep you from having fun. But I need to know what's going on in that circle. I need to know what you're talking about. Because people have used this church before to congregate. And do things they ought not to have done. They sell drugs in school. It's an epidemic. You're so wild. We had a heavy duty service this morning. If I can reach one of you, if I can reach my grandchildren, if I can reach one of these kids and they will hear me, if I can just reach one of them to be able to have the willpower to say, no, I'm not going to be part of that crowd. I don't care whether you like me or not. I don't care whether you think I'm square, whatever. 
I don't think I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. And if you want a real solid life, come and follow me. I heard it. I heard it. Oh, I won't get addicted. <laughs> Can we be honest? Can we be honest? We get addicted. Now, now take this the right way. We get addicted to coffee and sodas. So your body, listen, your body has been designed. When you begin to put certain substances in it, it's going to crave those substances. And I don't care who you are or how strong you think you are, sin will grip you, possess you, and spit you out. So I wanted to show this, and hopefully you're hearing my heart. I'm not trying to be mean when I say, when I see some folks and I say, hey, come on and pray, or come on in the sanctuary. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to keep you from your friend. I just want you in a safe environment. Do you understand? Because I'm going to tell you, in that group, it only takes one. Hey. Have you tried this? Uh, I've got something in my pocket, or I know where I can get it. You say, no, that's not happening. Friend of mine, it's happening. I know parents have got their hands full because their young people want to have fun. They want to have friends. I understand that. But it's important, even when you have them together, that you're in the middle of that. That you know exactly what's going on. Because some parents have lost children due to drug overdose. We know a parent just recently. You, you can't undo it. You can't undo it. You can't undo it. You can't say, oh, I wish they would have just chosen a different life. Do you understand? There's kids, there's young adults, there's adults sitting in apostolic pews that are addicts. They're addicts to alcohol and drugs, pornography, all kind of things. We need a move of God. And it starts with you. We need, don't you understand my heart? God's been dealing with me. We need to have a move of God like we've never had before. We need to go to in here and strip us of our everything and begin to get down in us and say, who do you think you're fooling? I did that, not because I'm promoting it, but because I couldn't reach you. You didn't hear me. You didn't believe me. We could have a casket right here of someone you know in the drug world that overdosed, and it still wouldn't shake you. Come on. We live in a wicked society. 
We need God. We've got to have God. And I don't know how much you were really being able to watch that. But I'm telling you, parents, it's not like when I was growing up. It's a different, different world out there for them. It's in the schools. It's plentiful in the school. It's in elementary grades. It's in junior high. It's in high school. Honey, it is everywhere you go. Oh, my, my, my. It would be better for you to be a loner to be in the wrong group. It would be better for you to be lonesome than to be in a group that would lead you to hell. Hopefully something that you saw tonight or you heard tonight will make a difference in your life. And so I'm not going to stop, parents. If I see them in a circle, I I ask them. They'll tell you. What are you looking at? What are you talking about? I want to know. I want to know. And if it's okay, I should be able to know. If they're talking about something that's okay, I should be able to hear it. And so when I begin to tell them, come inside, I want them inside. I know they're not children anymore, but they still need to be protected. They may not think so. But the truth of the matter is, they do. And I'm going to fight for their soul. I'm going to fight for their well-being. And I'm going to preach with everything that's with me. I'm telling you, if I can see one young person turn around, if I can see one adult get away from alcohol and drugs, if I can see one person say, you know what, I'm not working here anymore. I'm not going to work here in this particular situation. I am not going to go here with you. I pray, I pray something that transpired tonight will bless your heart. Amen. Our ensemble, come on, we're going to worship the Lord in song. I know we started heavy duty, but that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Put your hands together, magnify the King of glory. to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Let us worship Him, a God that does not give up on us, and a God of countless second chances, a God that can make all things new, and a God that restores. There is always hope, and we celebrate that hope. Amen. Let us sing unto the Lord tonight.
Can I just sing another song? Take me back to where we start. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry. When I just sang another song, take me back to where we start. I open up my heart to you. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want That be our prayer tonight. Oh, let that be our heartbeat this evening.
and we lift our hands tonight and we close our eyes and go to the Lord in prayer as the great King David said create in me a clean heart renew in me the right spirit oh God search our hearts here tonight search our agendas search our intentions God uh, search oh God our passion and God let it be what is pleasing in your sight Create in us a clean heart tonight. Renew in us the right spirit, oh God. Lord Jesus, move on us. Open our hearts. And God, let everything we do, God, bring you glory. God, let everything we do, God, bring you joy and to please you. God, if there's anything unclean, God, purge it here tonight. And God, create our in us that clean heart. Renew in us our mindsets. God, rearrange, oh God, who we are tonight. Because, God, we cannot live unless it's in your intentions and your will, oh God. Lord, I pray for our young people tonight. And I pray, God, that the video that went forth and the words that were spoken by our bishop, God, penetrate a heart full of stone and let it begin to change into a heart of flesh. God, the time is of the essence and the spirit of the age. That spirit of Moloch wants nothing more than to consume our young people. Let it be a passion and a ferocity that rises up in parents to fight for their children. And let us pray for our young people like never before, oh God, especially in today's world and today's society. God, we declare war on the enemy tonight for our young people. Let a parent begin to rise up and fight for their children here tonight in Jesus' name can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise somebody give our God a shout of praise somebody begin to fight here tonight just you here tonight is what we desire God we don't want to move from this place until you bless us God we don't want to move from this place until you begin to change the circumstance God we don't want to change or move from this place oh God until you change our heart and our mind God you started something this morning God where it was a rearrangement of passion and a rearrangement of thought. And God, I'm not going to let distraction hinder what you have started this morning. God, begin to move into this church right now, God, for the parents and for our children and for our young people. God, we need you to move here tonight. God, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let go until you change my name, God, until the breaking of day, God. Bless our children. Bless our young people. Bless our church, oh God. We will wrestle. We will wrestle, God. Lord, we will call this place Penel, where we've seen you face to face. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else to do. I just want you. Just you, God. 
just you here tonight. you, God. Jesus, you don't me. Oh, God, that's what we want tonight is this you, Jesus. just begin to pour it out on God. If you would just relinquish that burden and that pain to God, watch Him restore it. Joy for the morning. Beauty from the ashes. A restorer of all things is our God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, move into this place. Oh, God, move on those that have opened their heart to you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This was given to me by my grandson from Sister Amber. Listen to what she says. She wrote this down. Keep praying, please. I am the testimony. I was a child sitting on Pentecostal pews that thought, I won't get addicted to drugs or alcohol. By the age of 21, I was addicted to hard drugs. I struggled with addiction for 15 years. At one point, I was supposed to die and even had an out-of-body experience. When this moment took place, I could see and hear my mother laying over my body, travailing in tongues. I believe God spared me that night. Never think for a moment something can't or won't happen to you. God cannot dwell in the world. I may struggle, but I do understand this faith and truth is what saves. Be rooted. Be the difference. We are not promised tomorrow. Amen. It's important that we understand tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord God of heaven. We're going to sing another song. These altars are open. Whatever you need of, we'll pray. God is moving in this place. Warnings have gone forth. Time is of the essence. Don't let a moment go by. Thank you for the testimony. 
a God that has changed a life, a God of countless second chances. And we celebrate what God has done in Sister Amber's life. Amen. God is good. Amen. And we celebrate that testimony. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how to say exactly how I feel. And I can't begin to tell you what your love has meant. the passion in my heart can I express how truly great I think you are you're my dearest friend like oil upon your feet like wine for you to drink
some announcements that we've been making, if I may, for the Hillman. Don't forget, ladies, fellowship, I believe it's this Friday. The time again is 6 o'clock. And then Tuesday, Veterans Fellowship, what time? The 27th. The 27th, that's 
a week from Tuesday. Also, don't forget our state conference Thursday and Friday of October. It's important that Wednesday we'll worship and clean. We're going to have a fellowship on Friday at 1130. Please come. Please make these services. Thursday at 7, Friday at 6. For those that are involved, business meeting in the Welcome Center at 5 o'clock. Brother Hillman does a great job. I'm just feeling to get going, to get going and get into the Word of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have a gift tonight. You may give. Our ensemble can be seated. Praise the name of the Lord God of heaven. I want to thank our ministry, thank all of you for being here this evening, for responding to the moving of the Spirit of the Lord. Brother Phillips, we're going to probably not do anything with that. I'm going to go back to my first PowerPoint. It's there, but it may be too hard to get, and I'm going to basically talk about one thing tonight. I'm going to start on that slide presentation where it talks about prayer is work. Prayer is work. Thank you. Thank you. Brother Phillips, can you bring up James chapter 5? Start with verse number 10. Titus, bring me my Bible, please. I believe God is speaking to his people here at this local assembly twofold. One, it's time to get back to where we know we should be. And two, we need to pray like we've never prayed before. I want you to find, Brother Phillips, the scripture that talks about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, please. It's in that same, same book. You're going to find it in James 5, verse number 16. James 5, verse 16. The preface here is, if any sick among you, let him call for the elders. They'll pray with the prayer of faith, anointing them with oil, and God will forgive them and heal them. But then it goes on down to say, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You may be seated. What does this mean, the effectual fervent prayer? It means to be active and efficient, not just words. There's got to be a heart behind it. There's got to be a desperation behind it. I've shared this before, but I think God brought it back to share again. If we're not careful, we begin to move and gravitate slip and slide to a place of prayer that is quiet. There may be a time for that, but I think sometimes apostolics spend too much time in quiet prayer. That's not effectual and fervent. It's okay to pray out loud. For example, when Peter was walking on water and he was about to drown, I think that he whispered to the Lord, help me. No, he cried out, Lord, 
save me. There's a time to pray. I know what I'm talking about. I've gotten older. Some of you can identify with where I'm at physically. But I can remember praying in the way morning hours, praying so hard till I'm hoarse. And because of those type of prayers, God built a church. And God brought some of you in and delivered you and filled you with the Holy Ghost. It's time to pray with a fervency to lift our voice unto the Lord and cry like there is no tomorrow. There is no time to delay. That now is high time that somebody touch God. Very few apostolic churches today, you will go in and find loud, fervent prayer. Most of it is pretty docile. There are still apostolic churches that understand the importance of getting after God. You say, is God hard of hearing? No, but he wants to know just how much you want it. Amen. He was loud in many of his prayers. He called Lazarus from the dead with loudness. I can remember many, many years ago, I was a young man in the army, and my nephew, my nephew, Troy, I didn't know him very well because I was much older than him, but my youngest sister knew our cousin very well. And he went out one night with a bunch of guys, and they went to an island right there on the Gulf Coast, and of course they were partying and drinking and carrying on. And you know what happened. They were involved in an accident, and every one of those boys died. Tragic. Tragic. My father and I went to the funeral. His sister, my aunt, was near the front, and there laid the body of my cousin. I'll never forget it as long as I live, that my aunt... When they were through with the service, when they were about to shut the coffin down, she got up, not with a whisper, with everything that's within her. She began to cry, scream, and yell, Troy, get up! Troy, get up! Troy, get up! Why is it that we wait for something like that to lift our voice when we could have been lifting our voice long before it happened and begin to say, God, keep my son safe? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. It's work to pray. It's work to pray. And if you're really in tune with God when you begin to touch him, honey, you're going to feel the presence and the anointing, and you're going to wrap up a notch. And you're going to feel energy like you've never felt before because God desires for us to really, really fervently pray and believe him. 
I'm telling you, read the book. We've got to get back to the Bible. There are many times men of old and women of old that prayed with a fervency. They cried to God. Uh, they prayed all night. Uh, they rent their clothes. Uh, they fasted. Uh, they called on the great name of God. What are we doing? What are we doing? Our people are dying. They're backsliding. We have young people falling out. We have adults falling out. We have people that are just not where they know they need to be. And we're not praying. And so prayer will begin our fasting, Daniel fast, Monday the 25th. And we'll go, I believe it's the 25th, and we'll go all week with the Daniel fast. Remember, no desserts, no meat, vegetables. And that Friday, 7 o'clock. We're going to pray as a body, and we're going to pray. If you can't stay the whole hour, understand, but come and pray, please. If you can't make it to eight, somebody will stay. But we need to pray. We need to pray for this community, and we need to pray for backsliders, and we need to pray for one another. Listen, if we don't start praying, we're going to begin to see things slip away that we never dreamed possible, but it will fade away from us because prayer is the catalyst that keeps the fire burning. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is my link. It is my direct link with God. Let me clarify some of the things that I said Wednesday. There's private prayers and then there's public prayers in this place. I'm not saying when you come into the church you can't pray for someone else. But it shouldn't be about you. You can pray for a family member. You can pray for the service. You can pray for those that may be speaking. You can pray, God, touch my heart. That kind of thing. But it's not about your needs then. That is something you do at home in your prayer closet. But I'm telling you right now, we've seen the effects already. When God begins to move and you come up here during an altar call in the song or today at the Word of God, and you see people begin to weep and cry. Do they do it quietly? Come on, somebody. When they begin to feel God and touch God, they begin to get with it. Tears begin to fall. Snot begins to fall. And I'm telling you, their voice begins to get loud. Why? Because they understand that they're in the presence of God, and they're saying like Peter did, Lord, I perish. Save me. He would have passed them by. If they wouldn't have cried out. We need to get outside of whatever our comfort zone is. Whatever we're used to. And we need to begin to pray collectively. With a volume. That touches heaven. That touches heaven. I don't know what has happened to the apostolic world. This thing called prayer. It used to be the bedrock. Come on, some of you that have been in church as long as I have. It used to be the bedrock. We didn't do anything without prayer. We didn't start a service without prayer. We found us a play, and honey, we begin to make some noise unto the Lord. I've been in the prayer room, and we thought the walls were going to have holes in it because men were really seeking and beating and just calling out for God. Let me tell you something. That's how I learned to pray. I've been listening to my elders, not copying them, but I understood that prayer works. The effectual, fervent prayer. It works. It moves God. Let's don't even talk about the time frame. 
It's not an hour of going through the motions of prayer, repeating certain things that move God. It's the heart that moves God. It's the desperation that moves God. I've been saying this now for a few weeks, and if you haven't got it yet, you will get it soon. There's something happening to my heart. I'm going back to a place where I want people to be transformed again. I don't want you just to be where you're at. I want you transformed into what God wants you. I want you to live by faith to faith, going here to the next step and the next step and the next step. I don't want us transgressing. I don't want us changing. Honey, I'm an apostolic. Do you understand that? I came out of the denominal world. Many of you have. And I understand the fervency. I understand when it's time to pray, it's time to pray. It's sad. It's sad that prayer has lost its prominence in the apostolic world. I see us changing in it. I see us finally trying to get there. It takes a little while, but you, you're making the effort, and we're going to continue to do so. But I still see people walking around talking. That's not the time for that. It's not the time for that. It's kind of like the Lord asking. He's asking. Remember when he went back and found his disciples asleep? He basically, did he say it with a whisper? What? Could you not pray with me one hour? Be careful that you enter not into temptation. Do you understand the fervent prayer keeps you out of temptation? I can hear the Lord say to this church, what? Can you not pray 15 minutes? Can you not come on time and be ready to pray for 15 minutes? I don't know if you can hear that or not, but I can hear it. What? Can't you pray? Do you understand that you're praying with him? He's not actually praying, but he is making intercession for us in that role. So he wants us to join in. Do you understand what he said when I'm speaking in tongues? That I am praying according to the will of God, making moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered? I don't know what it will take. But I'm glad that you're responding. I'm not here to try to, you are responding, but some of you just haven't got there yet. We're seeing things begin to happen. We're seeing lives begin to be stirred. And I'm telling you, it's because of prayer. If you have not developed a home prayer life, you cannot pray in church. I'm asking you, get a hold of God at home. I'm not letting up on this because it's the key to your salvation. What does availeth mean? It means to literally have force behind it. I don't know how you feel sometimes when, and I'll just use me, I, I start praying and Sometime in that 15 minutes, I, whoo, I, I, I'm connected. You know, it's kind of like making a cell phone call, and they, 
they, you know, Verizon comes on and says, I'm sorry, your phone call cannot be co- connected at this time. Try again, you know, and I'm looking, at, I've deal, dealt this or d- dialed this number so many times, and so you keep on dialing. Have you keep on dialing? You keep on dialing. You keep on dialing. And finally, he picks up the phone. Are you ready to pray now? Are you ready to get with it? And then you begin to say, hey, I don't care if they're talking anymore, God. I got to touch you. And have you ever noticed how I ramp it up? Have you ever noticed? And some of you feel uncomfortable because I'm doing it. And then some of you, when I begin to do it, you come to the altar. Oh, if I could have your help before then. If I could have your help, me trying to get a hold of God and make the connection. Honey, I need to connect to God. God, I need to know that I'm connected to God. You know something else that happens when you're fervent? Listen to me. This is from experience. When you're fervent and you're really getting a hold of God, there's less, if not none, distractions. But when you're praying quietly, boom, boom, boom. And then you have to say, God, I'm sorry. I can't stay focused right now. But when I get fervent, when I begin to lift my voice, when I get after God, honey, there's not one distraction comes in my heart. There's not one distraction that comes in my mind. Why? There's no room for it. Because why? I've made a connection. I said I've made a connection and there's nothing coming in. But there are times in my morning prayer time I'm being honest with you. I'm being honest with you. I get up early. I'm tired. I'm, I'm lipping around and, and I'm trying to pray and I have to repent more times than not that I say, God, I'm sorry. I drifted there. Have you ever drifted in your prayers? Uh, have you ever started praying and uh, how did I get here? How did I begin to think about this? How did this come into my mind? It's because you didn't make the connection. I didn't make the connection the way God wanted me to make a connection. Let me tell you something. Why do you think I preach the way I do? Because I make a connection and God begins to fall on me. And I get fervent and I stay fervent. Why? Because there's no distractions now that can sever the connection. There's no shout tower that can go down when I'm connected to God. And when I stay fervent... Then it's God speaking. I want to thank Sister Amber for being vulnerable and sharing that. My next slide here was about prayer decibels, and we covered that. We covered that. Even Jesus on the cross, he cried with a loud voice. I said he cried with a loud voice. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We look at Acts 16 and 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas in the middle of the prison, beaten, naked, in stocks. And the prisoners heard them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They did what? The you mean they were whispering, oh, God, how did I find myself here? God, help me. God, bring an earthquake. God, do this. No, they begin to pray and sing praises. Now, hold on now, hold on. Did the prisoners just hear their hymns? The Bible puts them together. Paul and Silas prayed before they sung. For a woohoo, yeah, I'll give a double woohoo. Hey, I'll give a triple woohoo. Before we worship God, they prayed. 
Before they sang a song, they prayed. Ensemble. That's why I want you to pray. Because it's important that the anointing rests upon you. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And sang praises unto God. And sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. The prisoners heard them. All over the jailhouse. They heard them. Brother Phillips, can you bring up? Any more verses there? Can you find them real quick? Acts 16. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Do you think that doesn't happen today? You're mistaken. It may not happen physically, but I promise you that when we are touching God in prayer and we begin to sing because we have prayed and we're in tune with God, I'm telling you there are some things that happen in the spiritual world uh, that begin to quake and shake uh, and people that are sitting in these pews, uh, hey, oh, hallelujah, honey, they begin to feel things that they haven't thought they would ever feel again. And the prison doors were open. All the doors were uh-huh. open. Oh, every one of them, because two people, mm-hmm. two people, just two people. Yes. And everyone's band. Two were loose. people prayed and sang mm-hmm. out loud, loud enough for every prisoner and the keeper. In other words, there was nobody sleeping in that particular assembly. Nobody carrying on their own conversation. You know what? I can see every prisoner at the door. Do you hear that? Wow. Man, these men have been beaten. They're naked. They're in stocks in the middle of the prison. It's midnight. They ought to be cursing, but now they're praising. And the keeper of the prison. Awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing. You sleep through all of this? That's the way you're going to react. You sleep through all of this one day, you're going to awake and you're going to say, what in the world is going on? Look at all the people that, that they, you know, responded at the altar. Don't be sleeping when God is trying to open your door. Don't yes. be sleeping while God is trying to reopen your door. Supposing that the prisoners had been And Paul said, listen, we're here. We haven't got outside. Don't harm yourself. That same night. Mm -hmm. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. That same night. Mm -hmm. Then he he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. That same night. And brought them out and said, sirs, What must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Continue. They spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. Come on. And he took them the The same same hour hour of the night night and and washed their stripes and baptized them. He and all his straightway. The effectual fervent prayer. Of you availeth much. It's not just the ministry. It's not just me. Do you know you have as much power in prayer as I do if you just exercise it? 
You say, Pastor, Bishop, again, man of God, whatever you decide to call me, because I know some of you are already locked in that I've been here so long. I understand it's okay. But what is it going to take in your life to come into this when you know the time to pray and pray out loud? Are you afraid the devils are going to hear you? I want them to hear me. Because they sure can't hear the thoughts in my mind or heart. But when I speak it, they're listening. And I want them to know I mean business. Every time Jesus Christ cast out a devil or took authority over a devil, he did it with authority and a voice more than a whisper. It's time for prayer, is it not? We'll get to that other one. I'm believing and hoping my brother's going to be able to catch his flight. If he does, he'll be preaching Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Looking forward to that. If for some reason he doesn't, I've been preaching all this time. I can preach again. God will lay something on my heart. But I'm going to promise you it'll be in this line. Because you're responding. You're not rebelling. You're responding. And so I see it working. And it's going to continue to work. Because the Bible says that his word will not return unto him void or empty. But will accomplish that which he has determined. If I preach the word, I will sow what I preach. Did you hear that? If I preach prayer, I'm going to sow prayer. If I preach worship, I'm going to sow worship. It's important. It's important. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be vulnerable. I wish I had the stamina to pray like my wife and daughter used to hear me pray early in the morning. I don't know if my daughter remembers, but I know my wife. I know they heard me. I wasn't quiet. I would pray. I would lift my voice. I would cry unto God. I would weep and cry. I would repent. Some of you have that energy. We, we need that from you. I believe it's time to pray. The Lord bless you tonight. The Lord keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you. The Lord move upon us and help us to pray. Pray. I believe tonight's service was a wonderful service. And I believe people received some things. So may the Lord go with you this week. Bring us back Wednesday ready to pray.